Brian here. Hello and welcome to our Franchise Radio Show. Got a super guest in today and uh, something very interesting. I'm always, always keen to talk to people who are perhaps new entrants to some degree into the franchise sector, franchisees, franchisors, and particularly someone that's in a sector that's perhaps exploded over the period of COVID. People have had varying experiences. So it's nice to have the opportunity to speak to Matt Fitton. Matt, we spoke to uh, oh, a couple of three years ago, May 2020, he reminded me. He's from Nurse Next Door. Um, I'll give you a little bit of a refresher of Matt's history. And by all means, go back to his earlier podcast. That was also quite interesting. But I think you find the comparison is valuable. So um, after a two-year sabbatical in Vancouver, Canada, um, Matt and his partner, um, Amber, both in life and in business, by the way, launched the Canadian-born home healthcare franchise nurse next door into the Australian market. And um, when we last spoke to him, as I say, in May 2020, they just awarded their first franchise location. So they had a first franchise partner on the Gold Coast. And since then, they've expanded rapidly, uh, which is why I'm so interested to talk to them and find out how they've done this. Because as of January 2023, which is when we're talking, they've got 30 franchise partners, other launched or operating with 45 locations around the country spread from North Queensland, Townsville, um, across to Perth in Western Australia. They've got even more people attending their final interviews and training in their Melbourne headquarters very shortly. So um, what I suggest you do is if you haven't got it there, grab your notebook and a good old fashioned pen or pencil and um, make plenty of notes. And uh, let's get the ball rolling. So, Matt, lovely to have you here again. Thanks, Brian. It's great to be back. Yeah, as you say, it's uh, the last few years have sort of flown by and um, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. I'm looking at a picture or a video now of Matt on his back wall, our numerous certificates just to, to certify or illustrate the way that this organisation has grown. So what do you attribute the rapid growth of Nurse Next Door to, Matt? Look, I think that when you and I spoke last time, we talked about, you know, home care um, and franchising and how it would work. And I think what we what we really, um, what always resonated with us was the idea that um, offering home care in your local community, uh, you've got people who actually understand what's going on, you know, um, in, in the area around them. So, I mean, particularly we find that in the regional locations, um, our regional areas of have all experienced rapid growth because you've got people who actually understand what's happening in their local community. Where are the gaps? Where are the shortfalls? They see the lack of provision of, you know, um, really good services in home care. Uh, and so I think, you know, it's it's an, a sector that's really lends itself well to franchising um, and doesn't matter, you know, whether or not the person has a clinical background or comes, you know, uh, from some other area as, as, as well too. So, so, okay, I won't, I won't. I've got other questions about that, so I won't jump off yeah. onto one of my rabbit holes there because this conversation can go in hundred one directions, which I love, but we do need to make sure we get through the agenda. So, the obvious sort of um, the question, I suppose, is: uh, Did COVID have any impact? on the business and uh, if so what, what was it Matt? <laughs> well yeah well I, I, as, as <laughs> you can imagine as, as uh, and um, uh, for people who are listening to this I was just saying to Brian be, before we started that um, 
our first franchise partners. We talked about Glenn and Lauren who are on the Gold Coast. Uh, Lauren was attending finally uh, her Emergence Week training with us down here in Melbourne. Um, and the day that she uh, jumped on the plane to head back to uh, Coolangatta, um, that that night, all the borders shut down everywhere. Um, so quite a, a challenging time. But of course, um, you know, with anything, there's always uh, opportunities and threats sort of thing. And we always like to look for the opportunity. And I suppose um, no one wanted to have their loved ones in hospitals or facilities or aged care homes, things like that. So uh, there was an explosion of demand uh, for home care. Uh, and, and I think also, as we started to emerge from uh, from COVID, um, you know, uh, they talk about it, I know, overseas, the great resignation and things like that. You know, there were people saying, well, I've seen something that I never thought that I expected to see in my life. And so maybe they're reevaluating what they're doing. And so, you know, there's been enormous demand um, for, you know, for franchises and, and uh, and I think it's just because people want to be able to make a difference and they see that there's an opportunity to make a difference, you know, particularly in, in an area where they live, um, but also to be able to have a, a successful business as well too. So so COVID had, um, you know, the obvious impacts on us were, you know, it was, it was a challenge, you know, managing um, particularly in Victoria and in Melbourne here where we had lockdowns and we had curfews and things like that. So, you know, there was a, a lot of things to, to manage around that logistically. Um, you know, we had situations where in Queensland, our Gold Coast team, who operate also in the Northern Rivers of New South Wales, had a lockdown between the border. And for a period of time, they had what they called was the Tweed Bubble, um, where people could come and go. But then there was a period of time where they just couldn't even uh, move from one state to the other. So they had challenges to manage around that as well too. But, um, you know, apart from the obvious things with people, uh, you know, caregivers getting COVID, clients getting COVID and things like that, um, we were quite fortunate. We haven't had a lot of um, clients who, uh, who who had, you know, developed COVID or have come to us with COVID. We have had some, but not too many. Uh, they provide the obvious clinical challenges and infection control and things like that. But in terms of demand um, and for both, um, you know, from clients, um, that's, you know, that's been huge. And so, of course, that's translated into fast-growing businesses as well too. Yeah, that, that's an amazing story. And, uh, you know, hats off to you having adapted so many things in an environment with a new business. So uh, it's, uh, it's been a challenge. And you certainly met most of them going into state so quickly <laughs> it was a different it was a challenge what's happening here what's happening there etc cetera, etc cetera. so you mentioned about you know the, the amount of inquiry you've had with these new franchise partners and so forth um what what's what is the typical sort of background what's your avatar of your typical franchisee or, or i should say franchise prospective franchisee because you've you've had a lot of people contact you Perhaps you could yeah. talk through the profile of them and and maybe your filtering. Yeah, I think um, I was looking the other day at our, um, you know, we obviously have a CRM, you know, which where we, all of our franchise leads come into. Um, in the last four years, we've had probably about 6,000 inquiries, I think, you know. Uh, now, obviously, a lot of those people, just they're just inquiring to get a brochure or something like that and don't go uh, anywhere from there. 
Um, but in terms of, you know, who's our ideal franchisee, and uh, um, it doesn't have to be a person with a clinical background. We're about 50-50, um, I would say, you know, um, of registered nurses as owners um, and then people who don't come from a clinical background. But I guess the, the one thing that everybody has in common is um, what we sort of like to frame as equal parts of passion and profit. So one of the first questions which we put to people as we talk to them, um, you know, is what's drawn you to home care? Uh, you know, what, what is it about home care that makes you want to get involved? Because certainly, you know, that's right. This is a 24-7 business. Um, we deal with people who are at the end of their lives or people who are living a life um, which has been challenged either by um, a disability which they've had all their lives or which they've acquired, you know, um, at some other stage in their life. Uh, and it, it can be very challenging because, you know, let's face it, it's not it's not necessarily the best place where they are. And so um, so there we always say to people there are easier ways uh, to make money, you know, if that's what you hear. So if anyone sort of comes to us and their answer is, um, well, my accountant said this is a great sector to invest in, that's pretty much the end of the conversation right from there. So we, we really want to speak to people and um, those people who resonate with our core values and our core purpose of making lives better, they're the ones who we want to have conversations with. And, and, and often that will come out just in the conversation. They'll straight away leap to, look, I saw, you know, what, what is it about Nurse Next Door that, that really appeals to you? I, you know, um, the pink colour is obviously one thing that jumps out at a lot of people, but also, <laughs> you know, things like, um, you know, it, it, that's right, I really resonate with your core values. You know, I, I you know, that's... Um, for a lot of people who come to us from a non-clinical background, um, they have a lived experience, um, whether it be a family member or a friend or something like that, um, who's living with disability or has nursed a you know a loved one um, through the last stages of their life at home or seen them go to a facility um, and deteriorate rapidly and thought, I think we can make a difference to do this. So that's really a, a common thread is that sort of passion for you know, making a difference in people's lives, I think that that's the that's the key thing that we're looking for. Um, you know, when we're talking to people, and it comes across you know, pretty 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 quickly. Usually, know within that first, we have a you know our, an introductory call which lasts for about thirty minutes, which is just very high level and, and a general sort of chat. And you usually have a pretty good um, impression of of what um, what the drive the key drivers are for people by the end of that call. Right. And, um, well, you, you, certainly your franchisees and their employees need to be incredibly versatile. I mean, open to, to quick response to all sorts of situations. So they have to be, they have to have a good emotional intelligence, I would think, um, from that point of view. This is, I think, a good point for any other franchisors listening is, is sticking to your guns as you obviously have. And, and you've rightly earned the rewards for it by sticking to the profiles that you decided you mm. need your franchisees. It's, it's always tempting in the early days. It can't be other than you know, to say, oh, well, you know, I like the person, you know, they're very nice. They've got the money. They're ready to start now. We'd love to be in XYZ town um, and saying, I'm sorry, but. Um, so I tell my house, yeah. to that. that's, that's, a, that's a discipline indeed. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. That's right. It, 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 you know, when you have enormous demand, that's right, it would be easy to say anyone who comes along with a checkbook, yeah, we're ready to go. But I guess we always, you know, um, in everything that we've always done, we like to look much further ahead um, and think, you know, what, what will this relationship look like in a few years' time, you know? So, um, 
you know, yeah. it's, you really need to get those right people. So for people listening to this are not familiar with the NDIS, it's the National Disability Insurance Scheme in Australia is a government-funded scheme that only came out a few years ago to address situations with people, particularly elderly, but not limited, you know, exclusively, who didn't have appropriate insurance cover or whatever and yet needed attention. And it's meant an absolute, well, a rapid growth in the whole sector. Um, and you can see parallels internationally, but what it has done inevitably is attract quite a lot of people who rather like some of the prospects that you get, Matt, um, uh, who, who go into this as a provider who really got very shallow sort of values and so forth. So um, I think that's where for you, the future offers great opportunities because there is going to be a bit of a, a bit of a sorting out. I think there are people mm. that come into it. They're, they're really exploiting the market and the unfortunate people who are there, their patients or clients. Um, so, uh, but that's a lesson for everybody. It doesn't matter whether you've got a, a cleaning business or whether you've got a restaurant, you know, sticking to your guns makes all the difference. To the end of the day, your customer is the one who decides on your success, don't they? Yes, so, yeah, absolutely. So you're talking about these people you've managed to attract. Um, what what are some of the key attributes you look for? You said you got 50-50 of the maybe registered nurses. Obviously, we know they've got care at their heart, or we presume they do. But what, what about other elements, Matt? Look, I think resilience is a is a is something that we talk about a lot um you know that they've got to have uh, it's um and and we always focus a lot on you know one of the, the the key things that we talk about particularly when they come down for the week in melbourne so we do a, a so we do a three-month training block with people um you know they sort of it's self-paced largely but about halfway through they come to melbourne for a week um, and we call it Immersions Week because literally we immerse them in our melbourne business so they take their theoretical knowledge and put it into practice um, you know, and, and and when they come down for that, you know, it's it's really about um, one of the key things we talk about is why did we get involved in this? You know, we we refer a lot to Simon Sinek's um, you know uh, theorems around you know the power of why, and so why is it why do you get involved in this business other than to make money? You know, so what is it that you want to do? Because that's what they have. Because when the, the days are tough, when you have a challenging client, you know, who's um, abusing your caregivers or, you know, throwing coffee cups at them or something like that, you know, and you think that's right, like, is this all too hard? You sort of have to be able to come back um, and, and and really have that resilience uh, and the ability to be able to un to come back and say, look, I, I got into this knowing these things and, and, and knowing that there would be tough days and, and I can get through this, you know, bit by bit sort of thing. So, so I think resilience is a key one. Um, obviously, organisation um, and 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 people people skills um, and 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 being able to lead your organisation um, is really key as well too. Um, managing people in this business and relationships is probably uh, one of the key drivers. Well, and not one of is probably the key driver. This business is really all about trust and relationships. Um, you know, you are going into a vulnerable person's home. You're sending in a caregiver. Um, unaccompanied uh, to someone's mother, father, sister, brother, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, so you have to create a relationship with those people that whereby they feel that they can trust you and your team 
um, to be able to to look after their parents or their or their, their family member. So, so building that trust is you know so the the, the people relationships is really key, um, not just with your clients, but then obviously with your caregivers as well. And we do talk about employee engagement, you know, with all of our franchise partners because they have a remote workforce, and some of our franchise partners. Now, you know, in two and a half years have workforces where they have 100 caregivers, um, you know, and and those people, you know, they don't come to an office, they don't come to a workplace, they go out, you know, so you've got to be able to keep engaged with those people, you know, through a variety of different methods, which we sort of help them with, but, you know, but you've got to be prepared to, you know, be able to have those conversations. So, yeah, so it's, you know, building relationships is key, resilience is key, being organised um, and, and, you know, and for those ones who are growing rapidly, recognizing, being able to recognize that old sort of chestnut face, say that what got me to where I am now will not get me to where I want to be in five years' time. You know, and that's just the same, obviously, not just for our franchise partners, but for us as well too. Yeah. So, you know, for Amber and I, it's gone. You know, uh, it's been rapid, rapid growth and a huge learning curve, you know, even though we've always run our own businesses and we've done startups before, you know, to we've never experienced a business with the growth that this has. And so, you know, we've gone from, I, when we spoke to you, um, you know, that's right, in May 20, I think it was probably just myself, Amber, Amber's sister was working with us and my sister was working with us. Um, and that was about it for the core team. Um so we now have in our uh, heart quarters, you know, we call our, our head office is called heart quarters. Uh, our heart quarters team has about 30 full time people working there. Um, we run a 24 seven call center um, as well. So that supports all of our franchise partners with intake scheduling. Um, we monitor the, their, their caregivers, attendance and visits and things like that. So um, yeah, it's, and, and then our Melbourne business as well, probably has another 80 care, um, caregivers in it as well. So um, you know, so that, so people have to be able to manage that growth and and, and understand, you know, what does my organisational structure need to look like? You know, um, it's I can certainly as they move through the different stages, you know, that owner operator into owner manager, uh, and then for some people, not no one is really there yet, but you know, you can already see people are putting structures in place to say when. You know, if I can get a general manager involved, I can, you know, move to more of that owner investor and I can just be strategically working on the business but not working in the business so much anymore. So but we need sort of people who are, you know, they, they're, they're thinking and, and they're adaptable as well too. So. Mm. Now that's interesting because you, like a lot of franchise models, have got a, um, you know, a growth pattern, a growth plan there for your franchisees, your franchise partners. So, uh, and that's where I remember... What you're doing in a short, very short period of time is embracing those people. You say they're moving into a stage where they're they're looking at leveraging their role to work on the business and look at you know multiple outlets and other other elements of their life. It reminds me of John O'Brien at Pool Works. I mean, in talking to John, I know him quite well. Um, they after several years they had to change their model from coaching well, from really from from training and supporting franchisees to actually becoming business coaches because the the the, the ones that aspired to higher levels needed needed really coaching and finance training and awareness to to understand how they could grow their business and how to take responsibility of their growing cash flow and so on. I, I guess you're faced with similar situations, but in such a short period of time. Yeah, and I 
and they're good conversations to have with people. You know, they're exciting to watch people, you know, grow these businesses, mm. um, you know, and we've got businesses, uh, you know, it's most nurse next door businesses are seven figures, um, you know, unless they're in their first sort of six months or 12 months of operations. And, but it's not, I don't think it's not out of the question that, you know, that's right. As we say, we're only two and a half years in for our Gold Coast team, but it's not out of the question to see people growing businesses that are going to be up to eight figures and things like that. So that's an entirely different sort of um, mindset and, uh, as you say, an organisational structure. And I think one of the things which we really liked uh, about Nurse Next Door's model, um, looking at Canada, and so Amber and I spent a bit of time in the first couple of years sitting in on their coaching slash mentoring calls. So they have people who've been in the business over there, you know, who have been franchise partners for 15 years. Um, the business has been operating for a, you know, just uh, had its 20 year anniversary last year. Um, and so people are there, you know, they've been running these businesses for 15 years and they're quite large organizations, but they still have these regular, you know, once a quarter they get together, they might bring in their general manager, but the the tone of the conversation is a lot different. You know, that's right. Mm. It's not, we're not, we're not coaching people on how to manage a team of people. We're now coaching people. They've got different levels of, uh, of mentors that they use with those more, mature businesses um, and talking to them about, well, where are the growth opportunities for you now and what do you need to put into place to be able to get to that sort of thing? So they're the kind of things, I guess, that we're already starting to think about as we see people move up into those mid-seven-figure businesses and things like that. What do you need to have in place if you want to continue to grow? You know, do you want to continue to grow? You know, obviously, we want to encourage growth in the business, but, you know, you know, what are their goals and what are their own aspirations and things like that? And so tailoring the conversations with them to the right sort of, to the right, um, the right information that they need at the time, at the position that they're at in their business. It's exciting stuff, you know, and it draws out the real entrepreneur in you, I think, from that, from that aspect, you know, you have to be, you have to be alert to opportunities and changes in the marketplace and for this ever, you know, rapidly changing field of, of your software apps and all that sort of thing. It's uh, it's hard enough to keep up with anyway. But uh, tell me, you mentioned about, you know, with your franchise partners, um, about finding what drives them and what their why is. What's your why in a, in a simple term, Matt? Oh, look, I think, you know, it's always been, I mean, and we go back right to why we were in Vancouver, you know. So obviously the story around us going to Vancouver was that we took our uh, our daughter over there um, so we have three kids. Our daughter is our middle child and um, she has uh, an intellectual impairment and some other challenges. And we went to a school over there and basically we sold up everything here um, and put our stuff into storage and went over there to see if we could um, make a difference in her life by taking it to this particular school, which works on strengthening and increasing neural pathways. Um, so for us, the, you know, the, 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 the driver to be there was this whole concept of making lives better so when we saw Vancouver you know that in as the core purpose of Nurse Next Door it really aligned with us and we still really think of it the same way whether it be you know um, on a, a client level or or team members within our own Melbourne team and a caregiver level or our franchise partners you know what we want to do is whatever direction we're going in we're trying to give you know make a difference in people's lives um, and so, therefore, then they can make a difference in other people's lives. Um, and I think that's kind of the key thing. And I know, you know, as, as Simon Sinek says in his thing, that, that's right, the, the, the money that you make or the profit of, the profitability of the business is a result of 
of of why you're doing it and and and, and then how you do it. You know, mm-hmm. so that's right. So it's so it's really that you know that that key factor for us um, of just saying you know that's right. How can we what what can we do that can make, that can make whether it just be subtle differences, but you know how can we make a change um, in what we're doing that will you know make the lives of our franchise partners better, which in turn makes their life easier to be able to you know do the same for their clients and their caregivers and things like that. So, um, but you know it's really yeah, and it's really exciting seeing the growth. Um, you know yeah, we're we're years and years ahead. Uh, I think you know we're we're. Uh, the 10-year the goal that we had for where we wanted to be in 10 years' time with Nurse Next Door, we're basically there yet now in year four. <laughs> so certainly, you know, um, so that's, you know, kind of a bit mind-blowing to think, well, where mm. would we be in 10, in 10 years' time, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, now from, from there? So and, and, and how do we plan to get there? You've given us some of the – any question I've got from now on, I've got two or three here, You've we've already addressed parts of in some ways, but – I'm interested to know, I suppose, um, how you mentioned about your training program and the fact that you get people down to your headquarters, you know, after after several months and so forth, that sort of process you use. But what what would you see, you know, was, was I suppose, uh, how, what would you see as the tools you've used to manage that growth? How have you managed it? Because it's so easy to become overwhelmed. Yeah, look, I think as you say, I mean, we're very much, we love using technology. Um, you know, our motto is if you can automate some, I mean, obviously this is a people business, so you can't automate the people side of our business and, and, and you know, that, that that goes without saying. But anything that we can automate, um, we will try and do that. So, you know, um, we've developed, uh, we have a, uh, an intranet platform called Care Central, which houses all of our documents, you know, and probably when we spoke to you, um, we were still building that out. Um, you know, it's always had our operations manual and our policies and procedures, and it now has a whole lot of other things. So we really try to utilise, you know, e-learning, anything that we see where somebody has to teach it to a person more than once or twice, then we'll try and develop an e-learning program around that. Um, you know, um, it, wherever we can automate things and use technology. So we have, you know, three or four guys in our IT team um, actually, one of them is our eldest son. So he's he's actually, he's a commercial pilot, but he works with us um, uh, one to one and a half days a week as well too, um, developing tech and um, writing um, software and things like that so that we can use data in the business to help us, um, you know, drive the business forwards, um, creating dashboards and things like that, which give us a lot of information. So, yeah, so we really use um the, the the tech side of things as as much as we can by taking the data and putting it into something that's easy for our franchise partners to understand and you know they, they have dashboards that they can access in real time so that they can look at that sort of thing um you know we we use in terms of like when we talk about say uh employee engagement you know we've just brought on a big um system uh, system-wide rewards program called rewards gateway so all of our employees, um, you know, who are actively involved working in the business, they've got a, there's a couple of minimum criteria that they have, but we've run out this system-wide, you know, where they get discounts on um, uh, on day-to-day items and then, you know, other things like going to the movies and stuff like that sort of thing. So, you know, we've embraced the technology around that, that we can that we can use that as well, as, as well too, you know. Um, same thing. So nursing policies, we recognise 
you know, with our policies and procedures, there's an enormous amount of things um, there that are always constantly being reviewed. And as much as we have a team, a learning and development team who work closely with our clinical compliance team, um, developing policies and things like that, um, we realised that there was more that we can use. So we're just um, we're just in conversations at the moment with um, a platform um, that provide that does nursing policies. And you know, in the past, our locations would literally buy the book, so they'd have the hardcover book. So we're now, as a system wide, we're investing um, at a at a head office level um, in software. You know, which will require a pretty significant. Um, investment every year as on a subscription-based model, but we'll give them access to platforms which will have policies, e-learning, competencies, and things like that. So that we're sort of we're we're constantly just moving forward. And I think it's looking at those sort of things um, and investing, you know, paying it forward. I guess that it's yeah. a big thing for us as well too. Is you know, we were, for instance, talking, you know, we were looking um, at increasing the, the the people that we had in our finance department um, earlier this year. Uh, and we recognised, we sort of looked at where we were and thought, well, where we're going to be in a couple of years' time, let's invest in a CFO now. So rather than waiting until we sort of needed it, we thought, let's invest in that person now. Um, and that's already paying benefits for us because that person is now just brings a different anal analytical mind to that sort of side of things and says, but what about this? What about that? And that, you know, um, allows us to, you know, to, to grow more rapidly and, and think about those sort of things. So, um, yeah, so it's investing in tech and people, I think, is you know, which is probably pretty, it seems pretty straightforward, but I don't know whether a lot of people do it really well. That's probably the key thing. No, you, you've been fortunate in you've been in a business that's taken off. So that's given you hopefully good cash flow and so forth. So, yeah. so from that point of view, we've been in a position to afford that extra investment and paying forward makes a lot of sense. And it, and by chance, it happens that the acceleration of the business has been such that's what it's demanded. But, you know, that key that I always find with people in business and in franchising, franchisors, etc., is the challenge they have of letting go and delegating. It really is a huge challenge. And, and that and providing the support to their franchisees or team, whoever it might be, are the things that, that cripple people and really stifle their growth. You've obviously embraced all that. So you've been able to let go in a way that you're not knee-jerking, responsive. I'm sure you have your fires to put out. But that's yeah. not that's not where you spend all your time with a hose in your hand, is it? No, well, we try not to. You know, that's right. So, um, you know, certainly it's um, you know, I think probably Amber's held it more closely to her. You know, um, she's very she she wants to sort of be involved in everything. But certainly, even for her, she's really recognised that that's right for us to be able to give the business um, the best of ourselves. Uh, and, and help the business grow is that's right is you need to bring other people in it's that classic old thing of you know recognizing what you're good at and what you're not good at and bringing people in who are better than you in other areas as well too uh, and then stepping back a little bit and letting them have a go you know by themselves so um, you know so and of course that has been you know a bit of a challenge for us because we've always had smaller businesses where we've done everything so um, but you know we're that's right. We're only four years into this, so you know we've recognised, you know, that, that, that you know that now we 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 do and can step back a little bit and and let other people do their job. So you know, yeah, and, that's, and that's the only way you can grow. You know, yeah, and that's a matter of being humble. You know, you have to accept you have to accept that you can't do everything. I think 
I, I heard an expression from a coach I really, really respect recently, and he, and he said, uh, brilliance stops at a million dollars turnover. Yeah. And when you think about it, I mean, it, it's absolutely true. There's lots of, I see particularly lots and lots of really emerging businesses that look fantastic, tremendous potential. You know what? They hit a ceiling really quickly. And that million dollars sort of just reminded me, yeah, you know, you get that 20,000 a week. It depends on the, the volume depends on the nature of the business. But it's so true. You reach that ceiling that very rapidly becomes a concrete ceiling, not a glass ceiling, you know? Um, yeah. So the other question that my ears are burning with franchisors who are listening to this and saying, oh, very good. Yes, I love it. Yeah, I respect Matt. Yeah, that's fantastic. How did he source his franchisees? Where did they all come from? They come out of the woodwork. Where have they come from, Matt? How did you source them? Uh, look, it's been, I mean, I guess it's a fairly, in, in terms of the platforms and so forth, you know, we really just do what everybody else does. Um, you know, we've tried a, tried a lot of different things, um, you know, but we use, you know, we've, we've worked closely. We work closely, uh, particularly with DC strategy for lead generation in the first few years. Um, we uh, and then you know we we work directly with Seek now ourselves. So and we're trying different sorts of approaches. You know, so we do a bit of a test and measure um, approach with Seek on a few different things. Um, uh, one of the th one of the areas where we've got a lot of traction is through uh, Facebook. So um, now and when people would say is the quality of the leads is probably not quite as good, but at the end of the day, you know, it is really it's a volume game, you know, sort of thing. So because the more people you get through, you shake the, you know, you shake the canister and, and the good ones drop out the bottom. So it's still a, that kind of one in a hundred, you know, are you a one in a hundred sort of thing? But, you know, but if you get 2000 a year, um, you know, coming into the system, well, then potentially you've got 20 good ones or something like that sort of thing. So, um, you know, we've created a lot of content nurse next door in Canada and we've replicated it here as well too is very good at storytelling you know like we we like to use social media and, and video and things like that for telling stories so you know some of the things we've had a lot of success with in the last 12 months was we made um as we were starting to be able to get out we shot a lot of footage when we we're up in Queensland um you know so uh we, we shot a lot of video with our franchise partners and, and, and talked to them and so we were able to make some really great videos that showed people all different types of franchise partners as well too, you know. So um, the guy who's come in, who you know, come from a management background and actually worked in as a, with franchisors before, so understands it a bit, you know, and that's right how he's running his business is different to the woman who's come from a consulting background, you know, and she's in her mid-50s or something like that. And then, you know, we've got another one who's a, young um, Middle Eastern woman uh, who has five kids and she's in her mid-30s. And that's right. Oh. And here she is running um, two locations in Sydney. Uh, and, you know, that's right. And she, and I remember she started her business um, in December of 2020 or 2021. I can't, so it's only been open, yeah, 2021, I think it was. So right when Sydney started, there was a flood of COVID in Sydney and, um, that was when, you know, it was still quite strong restrictions. And I think one of her kids got COVID, so she couldn't leave the house. And then as that kid got better, another kid got COVID, so she couldn't leave. And, and she had to learn, you know, she sort of pushed back on things in the beginning and said, but why do we have to do this? Why do we do that sort of thing? And now she goes, okay, now I understand how it works. And she's embraced it all and, and her business is growing rapidly. So, 
Yeah, I think right. I went off on a bit of a tangent there, actually. But um, yeah. yeah, I love it. That, which brings me to one thing. I, I've dealt with a number of health business people in the health sector over the years, and one of the challenges they found is that you know, a lot of people, that carers, that's you know, particularly nurses, they they're really there for caring in the disc profile. They're high S. They're really supportive, but they're not entrepreneurial. They're not out there. And they, they don't necessarily like face-to-face sales and that sort of thing. So yeah. that can bring the whole the whole process to a halt. How have you found that? Because, you know, as you said, 50% of your people are basically have a nursing background to some degree. Um, yeah. What's your experience been with that? Look, and it's a real mix as well too, you know. So we've got some – and you're very right, you know, that is one of the things when with, with nurses is that, um, yeah, if they are too focused – specifically on the care side of things, um, they find it difficult to be able to, to get out and actually grow the business and things like that. So um, so just because they have a clinical background, we always talk to people if they're coming from a clinical background to say, you may not be the clinician in this, the, the lead clinician in this business for a very long time because you need to recognise to, to, to bring that on board. Um, for others as well to what they do some of them you know uh, do it really well so we you know one of our regional locations in victoria um came to us um registered nurse and um had a very um aggressive i'll say you know financial plan and i said well talk to me about that because i never sort of say to people there's no right or wrong financial plan it's just if someone comes with something that's very conservative or very aggressive i'll say explain to me how you came to this sort of thing um, and this person, she said, well, to her role um, in the area where she worked was to try and um, free up beds in the hospital systems amongst several hospitals in the region. Um, and she knew the demand that was there and she couldn't and she knew that there was a severe lack of um, good quality businesses offering that. She knew that there was people around there who wanted to work in the sector, um, but, the, but, the quali- but they didn't enjoy the businesses that were doing it. So she felt confident. And so she's pick that up and run with it. You know? And um, she's the fastest growing business in our nurse next door system in Australia at the moment. Um, and, and of course, with that comes its own set of challenges, you know, and we have to make sure that we work with her to say, are you managing this growth? You know, making sure that she's staying on top of all of her paperwork and things like that as well too. So, I mean, for the other ones, it's really, that's right. The conversations that we have as they start to grow through different stages of their business are, you know, that's right. When you get to this, you know, you know, say particular revenue point or whatever, um, you should now be thinking about who's the next hire that you're going to do. And so, if you don't enjoy going out and having conversations with people, um, then you will, you know, you should potentially look at investing in someone in an inverted commas sales role or something like that who likes to go and have those conversations with the support coordinators and the plan managers in the NDIS sector and the discharge planners and, you know, um, and the allied health specialists and and the aged care assessment teams in the aged care sector and things like yeah, that. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's recognising their strengths. Yeah. yeah, we're just going to wrap up shortly. And I know we, we could talk, both you and I can talk with marbles in our mouths. I mean, uh, yep. I, I can't really work. <laughs> I suppose just looking at it from a practical point of view, Matt, um, with your feet on the ground, looking at where you've been and you're obviously well aware of what you've done and how, how you got there, what's the biggest challenge you see for your franchise system moving forward now? Uh, look, we say to everybody who comes on board with us, the single biggest limiting factor to the growth of their business um, is being able to set up or 
Um, you know, we're, we've got great places, great places to work certification. Um, we, we undertook that. So we surveyed our 900 people who work around Australia. Um, and 90% of the people who responded to that said, you know, yeah, we love working at Nurse Next Door. So we can get a certification. So we want to show people um, that Nurse Next Door is investing in our employees and, and our systems to support them and things like that. So, yeah, so the biggest challenge for us is, is how do we support our franchise partners to be able to grow their teams and then and retain those teams as well too so they don't have this constant churn of caregivers and things like that. Um, you know, tacked on the back of that as well too is obviously the compliance side of things, you know, and really making sure um, having robust sort of compliance uh you know in place that people um you know that people understand what it is that they're doing and the importance of you know things like incident reporting and um and and, and managing you know the, the client files and all those sorts of things as well too um we work you know also we'll work very carefully with all of them um you know in terms of you were talking about the ndis and um, so as our businesses, um, you know, grow, so they start off, they don't have to be a registered provider to commence their business. And in fact, you really can't be because the auditing process says that they want to see you actually putting policies and procedures into place. But to give you an idea of so how we've um, managed that, when the very first location, so our Melbourne location, when we did our first registration and we were still learning a lot of things, we had 23 minor non-conformances, which, you know, you have 18 months to put together. Um, the last three locations that have gone through their NDIS auditing process for registration have all had zero non-conformances. Wow. So they're now getting to the stage where they understand that. So, you know, so that's a, a challenge which we've sort of met is to say, mm -hmm. how do we put things into place to support them through the management of, you know, all of that, that registration and, you know, and, and compliance so and so forth. What you've done there then is smoothed out the bumps in the tunnel so yeah. that we can run more smoothly through that whole thing. So just in, in wrapping up, I suppose, for people that are listening and, and those for general interest, what would your advice be, given your experience the last four years, to someone considering, um, you know, launching a franchise group, converting their business or having a concept they want to create as a franchise model? Yeah, I would say, you know, um, make sure you've got plenty of capital. That's one, you know, as we talked about before, that's right, you need to be able to invest in, um, in, in people and infrastructure and technology and so forth. Um, and you don't want to find yourself in a situation where you have to sell franchises to get that capital injection into the business to begin with. So, you know, don't underestimate, um, you know, because the, the, the value of having strong capital backing, because obviously you may not necessarily experience the rapid growth that we have. And so, you know, as you rightly pointed out, our cash flow is excellent. Um, but, you know, uh, and then, you know, and invest in people and don't be prepared, don't be afraid to ask for help, you know. So we've been very um, forthright in going to people within the franchising sector and, you know, taking on board mentors and things like that, you know. So we've worked um, with, uh, you know, because we're growing so rapidly, um, we get involved wherever we can in emerging franchise or groups through FCA um, or, you know, we've worked on with a mentoring program um, with BDC as well too. Um, you know, so that because Vancouver can give us a certain amount, but, you know, we know there's an enormous number of people in the franchise sector here in Australia who have huge experience um, and have been doing it before. So, you know, ask questions, um, you know, and, uh, 
So, you know, that's right. Capital, ask questions and invest, you know, invest in your people and invest in your infrastructure. And, you know, that's right. Think, think years ahead. I mean, I think that's what mm-hmm. we like to do is try not to think, you know, where often we see people in our teams and our franchise partners, they're really, they're, they're focused on what's happening next week or next month. And we're saying, well, what will the impact of the decisions that you're having now be in three years time, in five years time? You know, that's right. Or where do you want to be in three years time and five years time? And what do you need to do now in order to get yourself there? So, you know, breaking it down like that. Matt, it's been absolutely delightful talking to you. Lovely to hear your excitement, your passion and, and your enthusiasm and why not? But it, behind all that, there's a lot of work and a lot of smarts been used to take the, this business to where it is. So it's been delightful talking, it really has. And, and indebted to thank you for being so generous in sharing your knowledge and time. So I think everyone enjoys It's great to be able to come back and have an opportunity to chat with you. You know, that's right. Um, yeah, we would have never imagined when we were chatting in May 2020, if you had have asked me, if you had have suggested to me that we would be where we are now, I would have thought you were you were joking. So, you know, we feel, I guess we feel really privileged to be in this position to be able to, you know, um, be part of this. Um, yeah, and, and, and that's right. And genuinely um, being able to make a difference. And, you know, that's right. Watching our franchise partners' businesses grow, um, and watching them grow as well, you know, particularly some of them, you know, their confidence where they came in and they were sort of like, oh, you know, they, they you thought, will they be able to, you know, step up to this mm, and yeah, change, um, you know, because now they're growing, they're, that's right, they're managing teams of, you know, 60, 70 people, they're running multi-million dollar businesses, um, you know, and it's making a huge impact uh, on the way they feel. Never underestimate the potential for people growth as people. Yeah. So uh, extraordinary. Whilst keeping an eye on, obviously, to make sure they do it appropriately. So uh, exactly. Um, <laughs> um, if anybody'd like to learn a bit more about about Nurse Next Door, or indeed catch up with you or share any information, how can they do that? Where should they go? Uh, look, you can. We have a franchise website set up, so it's nursenextdoorfranchise.com.au. Um, so they can go there, um, download a report to have a bit of uh, to get a bit of information. Um, and then they can, you know, book in a call with myself or one of my team to, to have a chat about sort of first steps and things like that. That's usually the best place, you know. Yeah. We have all the social media channels, um, you know, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube. Our YouTube's um, uh, channel actually is great. It's got a lot of great videos on it, um, not just client-based, but also franchising-based as well too. So people want to go and have a look at the um, Nurse Next Door Australia YouTube channel. Um, that's a good place to get some information and see some of the stories as well too. So, yeah, and um, always happy to have a chat. Yeah, lovely. Lovely. I really, we, we, book, a, we book a call for three years' time and I look forward to revisiting the story and, uh, and go from there. So thanks again and thank you everyone for listening. I hope you found this uh, of interest. We look forward to catching up with you, with you again when we have our next Franchise Radio Show. Mm-hmm.